Welcome to the Launch Strategist Podcast with your host, Katrina Douglas, author, trainer, and launch strategist for corporate leaders, helping you launch projects that light you up, make money, and get you closer to the goals that matter. Hello, everyone. As you no doubt know, my name is Katrina Douglas. I am a launch strategist. I help corporate leaders and professionals launch sustainable projects using my 6P launch framework. But that is enough about me. I want to introduce you to a special guest, Nigel Smith, for this episode of Lunchtime Launch Tips, who is a project manager and who is going to really inform us and answer all your questions and tell us all about what a project manager is. But a bit of context for this live. I think a lot of times when people hear launch strategist, they're not entirely clear what that is. So part of my mission on these lives is to clarify what my role is as a launch strategist, but also to make it clear that a launch strategist and a project manager are two separate things. So before I tell you the difference of what they are, I'm going to tell you what I do as a a launch strategist and Nigel will tell you what he does as a project manager. I'm just going to introduce you to Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi there, Katrina. Really great to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Nigel. So Nigel is the agility coach for project professionals. He's passionate about serving and empowering project managers to become more effective with project working relationships, more confident in their communication styles and more complete with their process competencies, effectively using soft skills for hard outcomes. I love that, soft skills for hard outcomes. So Nigel has an extensive background in project management, predominantly in the automotive and aerospace sectors, though there's also a mix of retail, fashion and healthcare experience in there too, which is amazing. So really diverse mix of experiences, sectors, which is great. So regardless of what sector you're in, you know, Nigel is going to be able to provide some real nuggets of wisdom in this episode. So all primarily with a software development focus, melding predictive, agile and hybrid approach approaches over quite a few years, many years in fact. So Nigel is also a long-standing member of Toastmasters International, which provides the effective communication skills base to support its professional services. And I love that combination of Toastmasters and an ability to speak and project management. It just fits so well. Um, So you are also regional vice chair of the Midlands branch of the Project Management Institute in Cape chapter with responsibility for producing, hosting and delivering online webinars. So a lot there, a lot there. And please do uh, send me your questions, send us your questions. We will absolutely answer them as we go on. Um, Yes. And as you can see here, we're going to have your questions pop up as they come up. Um, Yeah, so we want this to be live and interactive, so please do uh, join us. And then we're going to pop into the first question. First question, Nigel. So, in fact, let me just tell you what a launch strategist is, like I said. So I'm a launch strategist because the background for this is a lot of projects, a lot of uh, businesses escape to market rather than launch. And I believe wholeheartedly that this is a reason for launch failure because it isn't the process, there's no strategy for it. Often there are bits and processes that are missing. So what I do is before you ever invest large sums of money into a launch, um, I work on the strategy 
support with you. I typically work with senior leaders and CEOs of organizations, and we cover six key areas, which are my six P's. So purpose and goals, um, people, product, promotion, processes, and profit. So it's very robust, very holistic. But that's strategy. And so although I support with the implementation, I do not do the day-to-day of making sure that the project is implemented. That is the role of a project manager. So ideally, Nigel and I would work side by side on a project. So Nigel, can you tell everyone what a project manager is and what a project manager does? Okay, well, first and foremost, uh, Katrina, thanks so much for inviting me here today. I think I'd like to start by saying you can you can actually think of life as a project because fundamentally start it has a middle and it has an end and the key skills and competencies of a project manager are great skills and competencies for life itself project mm-hmm. management has a range of transferable skills which can go from industry to industry but just mm-hmm. to answer your question a project actually is a temporary endeavor okay mm-hmm. So very often what you'll find in industry and business is that things that keep going on and on and on actually aren't projects. They're what's known as operations because they don't have a defined finish point. So anything that keeps going and going, if project managers out there are involved in something that doesn't end, sorry, guys, but you're not in a project. You're actually (laughs) in operations. It has a defined purpose, it has a defined endpoint, and it is temporary. And it's often very, very unique. Now, you may think in many industries you're doing the same thing. You know, you're building a house or you put some infrastructure in or developing some software. But there'll be something unique to that project which will make it. Okay. And so I've just said if it doesn't have a beginning or an end, it's not a project. It's operation. It's a really key thing because very often most people think that um, everyone's a project manager. I came into project manager being what I would call an accidental project manager. I know we'll talk about that in a while. And that meant I was doing the sort of role without knowing I was doing it, then realising I've got some of the skills, the attributes, the the analytical and structured focus to do it correctly and and right, but I didn't know how to do it properly. So we'll we'll talk about that um, in a short while. But fundamentally, a project, first and foremost, uh, even before the project manager comes along, a project needs a sponsor, and that sponsor is the purse string holder of the project. He ultimately, he or she is the accountable person for that piece of work. If you have no project sponsor, you have no project. And underneath that, if you don't have clear clarity and definition about what the project is, you do not have a project. And I would advise any project managers out there that is 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 being asked to deliver something without clear scope or a clear definition of what the output and the outcomes and the purpose is. And there is no definitive sponsor to walk away because it is not going to be a successful project. And I always, always give a health warning as well if there's more than one sponsor, because when you've yeah. got other people, it makes the communication um, process so much more difficult. So just a, a little word of warning there. But equally, it's also important to say, what I said from the start, that project comes to an end. Now, a project can only come to an end under three conditions. One is when it's satisfied the objectives that it's set out to achieve. Uh, The second is because it can't satisfy the objectives it was set out to achieve. But I've never seen many projects actually stopped at all. Or the third reason is because the original need is no longer there. And again, very, yeah. very rare. Very few people 
will st start up a project and then actually stop it and call it in. But on occasions, it's absolutely the right thing to do because just yeah. waste time, money and resources. And one of the biggest issues, I talked about clarity, purpose and scope at the start for a project. If you don't have those things, you know, pretty much it's very difficult to um, to work your way through unless you've got sort of more of an agile mindset in the business, which is actually you're going to develop that scope through progressive elaboration. But that's a cultural shift to the more traditional ways of project management in that sense. I love that. And there's a couple of things that I want to hone on in on. So the scope is so important. And so sometimes projects fail before they've even started, because like you said, there's no scope. And so my job as a launch strategist is to make sure to work. I would work primarily with the sponsor to make sure that there is a scope. And so, like you said, a lot of times the right thing to do is to stop the project sometimes if it's not you know if it's no longer right and so I would work with this project sponsor at the beginning to make sure hopefully that you don't get to that point um, you've done your due diligence up front so just wanted to highlight there where I dovetail with project managers and the difference again between a launch strategist and a project manager and how that would fit in. And also just to point out as well uh, Katrina, one of the big problems with uh, certainly modern day projects is that very often the customer, in spite of knowing what they want, either can't articulate it or actually doesn't know what they want. Yeah. And I'll just give you a couple of examples here. I have to go back to the last century for this one, but good old Henry Ford, where you know the production process got mechanised and it was mass production. He made a famous quote once and he said, if he'd have asked his customers what they really wanted, they would have said, faster horses. Because mm. nobody had got the concept of what a car was. So nobody was going out there and saying, I want a car, because they didn't know what it was. And if you fast forward 100 years, Steve Jobs did exactly the same thing. Then if you remember, maybe about 10 years ago when the iPad came out, yeah. who, who knew they wanted an iPad? Nobody. In fact, I was like, who on earth is going to use this? I remember distinctly saying that. It's in between a phone and a typical yeah. PC. And it's like, well, it does the best of both worlds, but I've got these two devices. Why do I need this one? Yeah. Now, actually, a tablet or an iPad is far more ubiquitous than either of those devices, to be fair. So yeah. there is this thing about very often customers don't know what they want. And mm -hmm. that type of culture and mentality does favour more of an agile mindset with the customer yeah. where they're willing to let the scope develop Um from the start rather than have a fixed idea what they want from the start and software development fits very neatly into that because very often you don't know what you're going to end up with if you're going to do something like build a road or a building or some infrastructure which is pretty well known a lot of the waterfall project management techniques were developed back in the 1950s post-war uh, mm -hmm. big rebuild effort and when you're building something where you've got a fairly good idea what it looks like you can start to use predictable methods but predictable methods don't work so well for things which are a little bit uncertain or unknown, for example, in the software world, which is where the dawn of Agile came from, essentially. Okay. So I, and just to point out there, what I always tell my clients is it is not your responsibility as a business to work out what the problem is. That is the client. It's for you to explore and find out what problem already exists, not to create a problem, but to find out what the problem is. Equally, it's not the client's responsibility to come up with a solution. 
It is the organization's responsibility to come up with a solution. So there's no point asking people what they want. The only responsibility your clients have are to tell you or for you to find out what the problem is. And then it's the organization's job to come up with a solution. And I think so often projects fail because that's the wrong way around, you know we're expecting clients to come up with solutions that's not their job or we're making up problems that aren't important enough to warrant a solution that we're investing in so i think that's that's an important point on that note as well yeah absolutely great point there actually uh, katrina the clients or the sponsor needs to have the why you know yeah. and the project manager the project team have got to come up with that solution that satisfies that given need so yeah. the sponsor is the why, the project team in effect is the what and the how. And if mm. you like, the project manager is all about the when, the where, and the who that stitches mm. it all together. Yeah. So very often you've heard the phrase, plan to fail and fail to plan type yeah. scenario. It's so true. If you, you haven't got a roadmap that you're actually following, you know, very often it's a little bit like that bit in Alice in Wonderland where you know come to the Cheshire Cat and it's like, a, where do you want to go? And if you don't know where you're going, well, any road will will, will take you to that. Yeah, point. yeah. And, and one great analogy I often used, and if any of you guys out there have seen that movie about Steve Jobs, there's a point in that film where he talks about being the conductor of an orchestra. Okay, so he himself doesn't have all the skills he needs, but he knows who he needs in his ensemble and when yeah. certain parts of the orchestra interplay, where those resources are and what the timing for all of that is. That's a really great metaphor. And the other one I tend to favour is a little bit like the project manager is the guy driving the car. He's got the yeah. steering wheel. He, he can take the direction. He's got the headlights at the front. He's got the gears and the pedals to speed up and slow down. And all the technical and functional support people are the guys that change the oil put the air in the tyres, do all the routine maintenance, the real key skills. Now, what I would say is a project manager needs to know how a car works and operates. They need to understand yeah. the internal combustion engine, you know, four-stroke cycle, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. But maybe that's all they need to know. It's up to the technical yeah. guys to say, do you know what? This filter needs changing. We need to put this new plug in or we need to remap the ECU for this different software to configure yeah. it to make it go faster. The PM will understand what the benefits of that are so they can relate to the customer to say we're going to get a faster car. But actually, the execution of those tasks is all down to the project team themselves. And great project teams are both self-organizing and self-optimizing and absolutely empowered to make the right level of decisions. In my experience, the one key thing that will slow down a project more than anything else are all the delays in decision making. Pretty much because the seniors, stakeholders, or the sponsor can't be reached. And very often, that absence of making decisions will either take the project in the wrong direction or just completely delay it. If you can move that decision-making process back down into the team, far more efficient. But again, that is a massive, massive culture shift. Sometimes project sponsors see themselves just as figureheads People turn up at stakeholder and steering committee meetings and just work out what's going on. They have a very, very active role. They've got mm -hmm. the purse strings. They fundamentally are accountable for the success of that project. The project manager, in a sense, is the, if you like, the CEO of that project. So he owns all those resources for that period of time to deliver that to what's required for the outcomes. Then they disband and move on. 
like I said at the start, Katrina, these things don't keep going on. If they do, then unfortunately they're not a project. It is operations. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So the next question I have for you, Nigel, is what essential elements need to be in place for a project? Okay, so we've spoken about having the sponsor that definitely has to be in place, part of the project organisation. Resourcing for projects is absolutely vital. Very often people think that, oh, we've got this project, we know what we're doing, we're just going to go for it. Well, fundamentally, you do need what I would call a kickoff event, and it has to have the right project organisation with all the people there that have got defined roles and responsibilities. Not only do they understand what they're doing, but they also understand what everyone else is doing as well. Mm -hmm. Allied to all of that, Katrina, you definitely need that clarity, that purpose, that vision. That's Mm -hmm. where you need your sponsor to come in and bang the drum for the drumbeats of the project to get that enthusiasm and motivation into all of those people. You have to have that clear, aligned understanding. I think communication is absolutely vital. And I think it's even more difficult now in this COVID arena we find ourselves in because it's all virtual. And sometimes that it's not as great as face-to-face communication. If I was back in the old world, I would say, you're going to get a project team, get them all together, get them co-located, cuts down communication barriers. Things happen much faster. Now, of course, even before COVID, we were all working in virtual teams because we can multitask and do all these other great things. And as great as that is, it's not as effective as being together. But we have to work and innovate ways around doing that. But fundamentally, if you're going to communicate virtually, you have to be much, much clearer in your instruction and just don't rely on sending emails, for example. Yeah, so, that's such you know, a good point. So room 101 on communication, any great project manager will tell you that it's a responsibility of the sender of that piece of information to not only ensure that message is received by the recipient, but also that it's understood. And very often we just spray and pray with communication. Mm-hmm. And very often... You know, my advice would be to any project manager out there doing status reports or emails or any updates, which is verbal. First and foremost, can you do it verbally? Can you do it either with a recording or a phone call? Or if you have to write it down, make it brief. Yeah. Not many people will turn to page two of a status report. Uh, So you've got to make sure it captures people's attention and tells them what they want to hear. So if you've got a standard format of status report, which is 25 pages, you know, no surprise, uh, you, you'll struggle for most people to get to page three or four because it's just not condensed enough. And, and fundamentally, if a, if a report is that long, you need to be having daily stand-ups. You need to be having regular communications. The best tool really is standing up around a whiteboard talking about things with all the right people there. I know it's not necessarily possible in this age, but um, that is number one. It, there are virtual ways of doing that at the moment to be collaborative, and and to work together so those are the sort of uh, tools that I would recommend. Okay excellent so what would you say are the core competencies of a project manager if someone's listening to this and they thinking this sounds like a role for me what core competencies do they need to have? Okay well first and foremost I have to say that project management isn't for everyone because there's some good parts about it some not so great parts about it. it's probably like most vocations but fundamentally, and you talked about it, uh, Katrina, in my my bio intro, I talked yeah. about skills for hard outcomes. 
So fundamentally, when I first started as a project manager, I thought it was about getting the tasks done. It's all about the hard deliverables, the reports, the processes, the testing, all vitally important. But what you have to remember at the end of the day is it's people that deliver projects. And fundamentally, I would say relationship management and communication is 85% of what a project manager does. So you've got be a great communicator you've got to develop the rapport get those relationships working really well because there are times when you're going to have to share really bad news there's certain things which are outside of your control resource management is huge and it's probably a webinar in its own right but very often project managers won't get given the resources they need or they won't get given the resources for the time they need them and if you've got people that aren't dedicated and what i mean by that is they're not full-time to the project the day job will often get in the way anything that's operational will always take priority over a project because it's here and now it's keeping yeah. Is running a project is going to deliver into the future so always yeah. second which is why you need a again a dedicated co-located team is absolutely ideal when you talk about the big projects around the world those that are successful do those type of things essentially so communication stakeholder engagements is absolutely vital developing those relationships but equally a project manager has not just got to be very conversant with project management methodologies tools techniques about risk management about change management procurement management all those type of things but equally they have to develop their own particular style so again going back to the soft skills they're going to need to be mediators they're going to need to be politicians they're mm -hmm. going to be negotiators and on occasion, they're going to need to be parents because, yeah. you know, frankly, you know, you've got a lot of team dynamics going on. There's a lot of emotional stuff going on. There's a lot of conflict going on. A great project manager will stand back because a great project manager is a planner and not a doer. OK, so very often you will see, you know, particularly in job adverts, you know, they'll list out all the standard requirements for project manager, which is everything you can think of. And you've got these technical and functional things and there's probably three jobs in all of that yeah. and even from my own experience what I've seen Katrina if you've got either a, a very technical person or either a functional business analyst that's coming to project management and is doing project management they're not careful at times they'll revert to type if you like they'll fall asleep at the wheel of the car and they'll go tinkering with the oil pressure or the changing the pressure yeah. in the tires yeah. you know hoover in the back seat or whatever it is and they'll take the eye off the road and fundamentally a great project manager has got to distance himself necessarily from some of the detail so you know at times when people talk about hands-on project management getting your hands dirty and rolling your sleeps up to me that sounds like the, more like the old style command and control style right. thing that we see yeah. in cultures hero planning everything gets done at the 11th hour fundamentally i don't think there's a place for it in the modern agile age at least and actually a project manager or if you call it the agile project manager is more of a facilitator they're more of a coach they're more about raising the game of the individual team members so they perform better and the analogy i often use katrina again on the motoring theme because that's where a lot of my background is we're going down the motorway right I'm like a few junctions ahead of the team. And what I'm doing is making sure there's no cones there. I'm making sure, you know, there's no roadblocks. So I'm, I'm clearing that path and making sure it's clear for these guys to go down at 70 miles an hour. And if, for example, there is a hold up or one of the junctions is closed, 
that's when we get back together and work out what the solutions are. Because the other great thing, which again dovetails into um, communication, of course, is that you've got a project manager has to deliver communication really, really timely. You know, bad news, for example, is not like a fine red wine. It just does not improve with age. And then really need to... I to love that analogy. Yeah. And, you, and like you said earlier, uh, Katrine, you've got to come up with options. You know, again, sometimes a project manager is not the um, sole preserve of all risks, all issues, you know, always forward. It's all about the team, developing that team and creating that, um, if you like, that chemistry and that secret source, which enables people to grow, develop and add more. Absolutely. So, Nigel, can we just, Darren, I don't know if you can see this on the screen, has a question and he says, is the CEO automatically the PM? If you talk about CEO of a business, I'd say not because they are actually running their other business as well. Very often, I, I, in my customers, I draw a big picture on a screen of their business and then I would draw a smaller square in the middle which says this is the project. Okay, So the actual, the big thing going on for the organization is everything the bit we're doing is just this the project manager needs to look after that small part fundamentally i think if the ceo was doing that they'd probably be again asleep at the wheel for the other things they're meant to be doing because the, the foundation of a lot of this um uh, darren and, and katrina is all about trust the fundamental layer everything that goes on in projects is around can you trust these people to deliver to do what you're doing so fundamentally i would say that the sort of uh, analogy I was trying to draw is that if you take a project in its own right, the project manager can be seen, if you like, as a CEO of that discrete deliverable, that temporary endeavour to deliver the business benefit and that outcome, but not from an organisational perspective. Excellent. Excellent. So you have just shared so much, Nigel, and I know this is just the tip of the iceberg. So if people, you know, found this useful and they want to connect with you further or they've listened to this and they thought, OK, I need a project manager. How can they reach out to you? How can they get in touch? OK, so uh, guys out there can reach me at my website, which is www.nigelsmith.coach or via email at nigel at nigelsmith.coach or at nigel.smith at pmi.org.uk. More than happy to uh, take a lot of these conversations further. As Katrina mentioned at the start, I organise uh, a lot of events for the PMI UK chapter. The Project Management Institute is one of the leading global authorities on best practices in project management. And I work very closely with that group to deliver webinars and events uh, around the country to spread that message and also to raise the standard of the uh, professional setting of uh, project managers. Excellent. Fantastic. And similarly, you know, if you've listened to this and you thought you think your organisation would benefit from a launch strategist to work with the sponsor or before you even give the project to a project manager and you want to develop that out that scope, those objectives, that purpose and how that fits into the broader organisational goals and strategy, long term strategy, then please don't hesitate to get in touch between the both of us. We can absolutely help and support your business and you can contact me at the launch strategist dot com. So you know, we'll give you one last opportunity, literally one minute to submit any questions that you have. Nigel, before we close, is there anything else that you want to add? 
just to say that actually being a project manager can be a hugely rewarding experience. And what I would say is that people may have got the wrong impression of project management because everyone thinks they can be one if they watch shows on the TV, like The Apprentice, for example, which is all around barking orders and running around fast and not listening. Uh, that very often, if you watch a program called Grand Designs, that's more aligned. Mm -hmm. True project management is all around. But right. if I was to really finish on two key points, that I think great project managers need. And I mentioned at the start, project management skills are a little bit like life skills. I would say empathy and listening are the two modern skills that a great PM needs to have. Because it's all about understanding people, people deliver projects, as I mentioned before. And many of us, like I did many years ago, thought I was a great listener until I realised actually I wasn't. You know, There's a, a great Stephen Covey once said, um, people don't listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. Very often we just need to clear our mind and allow that other person to speak to really understand where they're coming from. And as a, you know, from Stephen Covey's great uh, Seven Habits book, again, with projects, always begin with the end in mind. What's that purpose? Absolutely. Set it out with that clarity, get the sponsorship and the buy-in. And if, if people take away one message today, it's really about what is a project and what is not a project because they are different and they get labeled differently by misunderstanding at times. So more than happy to clarify that or take conversations further with um, anyone that um, needs to reach out to me at all. Fantastic. That has been so rich and so informative, Nigel. Thank you so much for your time. And, you know, I will be reaching out to you for any projects that I work with because you're clearly exceptional at what you do. So okay. thank you your time it's very very much appreciated and Darren I've seen that you've just said thanks for, for uh, Nigel's answer to your question you're more than welcome so I am back here with you the same time next week 1 p.m every Wednesday for lunchtime launch tips in fact you're in for a treat for the next few weeks because Nigel is the first in I think three or four guests I have for the next few weeks next week we are joined by the amazing Janelle Aldridge who has been a journalist for the BBC and various other significant organizations. And she's going to be talking to us on how to present, how to communicate well. So, uh, which is a crucial skill, which Nigel has spoken about as well. So thank you. Thank you, Shirley, as well. I've just seen uh, Shirley say as well that this has been a very interesting uh, chat. So, so glad that you have all found this useful. And Roy here as well. You're very welcome, Roy. Glad that you've you've enjoyed the conversation. Um, you can also catch the replay as well because there's so many gems in this. In fact, I was just thinking that I'm going to need to watch the replay um, as well because it's been so good. Um, so you can pop over to my YouTube channel as well. So if you search the launch strategist on YouTube, I always put the replays back on there. And also you can go back to my page and catch the replay as well. So it will be there. So if you wanna go back or share, please do do that. So have an amazing afternoon and rest of the week. That is it from us. And uh, so glad you've enjoyed this. Thanks for watching this live. And also those of you who will be catching the replay and see you again next week. Oh, and don't forget to connect with Nigel here on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah. Don't forget to connect with Nigel. Uh, yeah, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you, Katrina.